informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Good morning. This is Lindsay Boyd here at the Sage Summit 2015. We have a wonderful day going here today. One of the things I want to remind you is that when you want to know a little bit about the Sage Summit and what's going on here today, then what you want to do is um, go to our Facebook page, the voiceamerica.com Facebook page. You'll see pictures of everything that's going on here and you'll be you'll just enjoy what you find out about the Sage Summit. Right now I have a guest in front of me. His name is Dr. Alan Patterson. He has been working with the Business Lead Learning Institute as one of its thought-leading workshop instructors since 2007. BLI is a strategic learning partner and talent management consultancy for organizations worldwide. BLI delivers competency-based curriculum, courses, content, and community to maximize career trajectories and grow intellectual capital for organizational and executive leadership. A few of Dr. Patterson's most requested workshops include From Technical Expert to Financial Leader, How to Make a Critical Leap in Your Career Development, or How the Best Financial Executives Create High Performance Organizations. Another one is the Finance and Accounting Organization as Partner and Strategist to the Business. And we end that with how to build a culture that maximizes trust, accountability, and performance. To learn more about his about these and other of his workshops, you can you can visit him at um, Blio. Well, I'm going to spell this for you: b l i o n l i n e dot org forward slash thought dash leader forward slash Allen dash Peterson. Okay, we're going to get started with him right now. Dr. Peterson, tell me a little bit about yourself other than what I've just said now so we have a little more. Well, thank you, Lindsay, for this opportunity. Um, I've been in the leadership development business for over 30 years, and uh, the work that I'm doing with the Business Learning Institute uh, has been since uh, 2007, working primarily with Uh, leaders that are both new to the job and also who have been in uh, place for a while where they're now beginning to take over a much larger portion for managing their business. Uh, The types of clients that I deal with over the years have been some very large Fortune 5 uh, companies uh, working not only with finance and accounting but also in the area of doing some consulting work, organizational development. Uh, primarily, though, it's the leadership development piece that I'm a specialist in. And you're here at the uh, Sage Summit 2015, and what is it you're doing here? Are you just going to the to the events, or are you going to be presenting here also? I'm actually presenting tomorrow on a topic which I know for small and medium-sized businesses is very important as it is for large clients, and that's succession planning. How do you prepare uh, tomorrow's leaders today you know as a former attorney who did succession planning and also did uh, setting up corporations and their mergers and acquisitions and and takeovers and changing things into companies into ESOPs 
and other things that you can do. I, succession planning is extremely important. So tell us a little bit about succession planning and what your thoughts are in that area. Well, I think the biggest challenge that people face is that they don't think about succession planning until they lose uh, a top talented uh, employee. I call it the diving catch. So I think the key for succession planning is to have a system in place. People have to embrace a talent development mindset, whether they're a small, medium, or large-sized business. This means that they're constantly on the lookout and thinking about who the next leaders of the business are going to be. And that always requires something beyond just the technical competence piece. So looking both at performance and also at potential based on some very critical behaviors really is key. Then it's a matter of putting uh, plans in place for people that really maximize those ad that additional skill set. So when the time comes that they move into a position, uh, they, they are prepared. You never know when somebody's going to leave. That's always a concern, whether it's uh, the business owner uh, or whether it happens to be somebody more senior and that particular person will take over. Uh, so the key is really to always being preparing people to broaden that skill set and broaden their experience so that they can avoid this diving catch uh, syndrome. Okay. Well, when you look at that, is it that you're, when they're doing succession planning, do they do it mainly for the people who are within the organization? Or does your planning also include looking outside and what you might have to look at, look for in outside planning also? Well, it's a, it's a great question, Lindsay, because um, it's, it, it requires an understanding of what exactly are you looking for. And oftentimes that person, uh, you would want to be developing that skill set and that experience for folks that are within your organization. Uh, sometimes, however, that's not going to be the case. So especially if the business or the unit, uh, depending on the size of the, of the uh, finance and accounting department in this case, uh, you may have to look outside for somebody that has uh, an additional uh, skill set or experience that they might not have gained inside. Typically, people like to look inside because it's the grooming that becomes that essential uh, piece and really creates the, the sustainability of an organization. Now, one of the things that I, I think about when I think about succession planning is if your business is doing really well or you build your business and it starts to do really well, then there are always going to be the people on the outside there that are cherry-picking your top talent that yeah. are looking to pull your top talent away. Absolutely. So in, in, in building that business plan and building the succession plan, what are the things that you think that people need to do to protect themselves from the possibility of the chair picking? Yeah, it's, it's, it's out there. And I had a uh, colleague a number of years ago that I sat on a panel with, uh, had a, a CFO of a very large telecom um, company in uh, Canada who I think explained it very well. He said people are going to leave. Everybody leaves at some point. It's just a matter of when. Uh, if you are an organization and the way to you protect yourself is that uh, when you bring folks into the organization, into your business or into a particular uh, department, 
The goal is to maximize their talent from the very beginning, to understand what they're good at, to understand what they need to get better at, and to continue to provide them professional development along the way. That way, you, you, it's a win-win. The individual gets something for it, the organization or business gets something for it. So that, that investment that you're making with that person really is what talent development means. And while you're not, you shouldn't be surprised at the point they decide to move on, it would only be because you haven't provided them with a growth opportunity. And you could say, well, if you were a controller and you wanted to be a CFO, how would you possibly get that position if the CFO were still in place? And there I think the key is to what extent can you broaden that skill set for that individual. It, it may not be uncommon for someone to go from that position to another company with the thought of bringing that person back at a particular time because they could grow their experience. So to me, succinctly, the way to hang on to talent is to be invested in their professional development throughout the year. This is beyond just a performance appraisal. This is actually spending the time and sitting down with you to find out what you're good at, what your aspirations are, and really coaching that person very professionally about where their career can go. So I realize that uh, this is good information for CFOs and for people in the financial industry, but we also have people who are outside the financial industry who are looking at succession planning. Is there something that's different for each area that you're looking at? I, I think while the, the application in the businesses may different be different, and um, many of my clients are not just in the finance and accounting area, I think the single thread is this mindset and then all the process, uh, processes that follow that say we are a talent development organization. We understand this isn't a lip service uh, situation where you're saying, oh yes, we believe in our people. I don't know of a company today that I've worked with that wouldn't say anything, but the difference is that the leadership takes it on as a major responsibility to coach and develop their, their people beyond just creating good teams. And I think that's where you see the similarity, whether it's accounting, uh, whether it's a business itself, whether it's an IT organization, a technology organization, a biotech firm, the similarity is the embracing this mindset that says, we are invested in what you do and we're gonna help you get to where you'd like to be as well as maximize what we need for the company. Obviously, if somebody walks into an organization and says, I want to be president of the United States, okay, well, maybe that's not going to, that aspiration may not be filled. But to be in the driver's seat to help you with your professional career, I think that's pretty cool. And I think that investment pays off and people understand that. Okay, so your belief is that, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that if an in, uh, organization individual company or whatever prepares their employees to be future leaders, the likelihood that they would go elsewhere is decreased. I think it's, uh, yes, and I think it's proportional to the professionalism of the job and the people 
in that organization. In other words, someone that may be coming in at a very lower level that wouldn't have the skill set uh, needed to uh, ascend into a higher position may be ending up more, if you will, um, in that bell curve range of the middle 50% or 60% that you're simply getting their skills developed. The future leaders may be plucked out of that group who really represent uh, taking on additional responsibilities for running and managing the business. So the educational part and the development part for them is really on the business side. So do you feel that um, development, leadership development, training, is something that should be started from day one when you hire an employee, no matter what his level of representation Uh, is? Absolutely. I say every job has leadership responsibilities because the way I define leadership is the ability to influence how people think and feel to the point they take decisive and responsible action. So everybody needs to fill what I, I describe as gray space inside of business. They're always taking the initiative. It's what you see. Customer service is a great example of that. When you see people that understand what that looks like, they will jump in. They will take ownership. So a, a person can exhibit great customer service, not because they're a leader, but because there's somebody inside the organization that realizes that's part of their job. So yes, I think every job has leadership responsibilities, and I think the key is you're teaching people how to have a broader impact on the organization as well as grow that skill set for them, uh, back to the win-win um, thinking. Now I noticed that you have a book out that's uh, Leadership Leader Evolution, From Technical Expertise to Strategic Leadership. Tell me a little bit about this book, because I haven't had a chance to read it yet today. But um, tell me a little bit about the book and what you're, what you're putting out there. Several years ago, uh, I had uh, an opportunity to begin working with many technical organizations inside large businesses, IT, engineering, R- R&D, uh, finance and accounting. And I saw some very common themes about where people were skilled and what they needed to get better at in order to be successful. And in the last... Uh, eight years, I created a what I call a roadmap for professional development, which includes leadership development, to describe how do you move from a base of technical expertise to then shifting into building credibility so that you're doing both. You're both understanding what you need to know and who you're dealing with and how you're successful in influencing others to build a base of personal competence. The additional transition that's required is most people in this day and age have to work through others, whether they're actually managing people in a direct line authority or not. And that ability to work through others really has to do with the evolution into alignment and execution. You become the orchestrator for success. You are not necessarily doing the work itself And beyond that then is a more strategic view of the business and your value 
to the business over the long term is not just what you know, but it's your ability to build relationships and to become knowledgeable about the business. And that's the book really describes what those four stages are and what types of skills you need to develop in each in order to be successful. So exactly what are the four stages that you go through? Stage one is is expertise. That has everything to do with um, uh, why initiative is important, uh, making good judgments, I, I call it discernment, uh, a base of curiosity and reaching a certain level of competence. Stage two is credibility. Credibility is not the what, it's the who. So it's not how smart you are. I, I joke with my clients, I say the only person, the only two people that care how smart you are, are you and your mother. Beyond that, what people want is your ability to help them solve their problems. That's about visibility, that's about credibility. So it means what you get, need to get good at from a skill perspective is to be a good communicator, to uh, have the character and moral courage, uh, to become uh, influential and understand what influence looks like. The, th the third stage is alignment and execution. And I say the focus there is not so much on the field, that's the execution part. But can you look down, I call the press box view, onto the execution and saying, I need to move the pieces around. That alignment really sets you apart because it's more of a systems way of approaching the business or organization as it is to put your hands on it. So building the team, modeling behavior for others to see, dealing with change, developing talent or key pieces. And then the, the fourth stage of strategy is all about looking outward, regardless of where you sit, seeing the bigger picture. So that requires more strategic thinking. It could be clients, it could be customers, it can be internal business partners. It's clearly bigger than yourself. So the key there is to really become more business savvy, to understand what's critical and important to the business. Okay, now, Let's quickly run through the names of the, or those four sections again. Expertise, credibility, alignment and execution, strategy. Okay, so now, when I look at, 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 at an organization and how they're planning that, planning that entire succession plan, do you ever do any succession plan scenarios where you do a modeling event or something for to see what the mental structure, to see whether a person can actually handle the everyday rush crush that's going to happen in the business? Yeah. Uh, I haven't actually laid out those experiences for clients. Uh, typically, the, the way in which I'm engaged is to talk about individuals, more specifically about where they are and where they need to be, and a very clear identification of those skills. To your point is, well, doesn't this require a change in mindset? Doesn't this require a change in thinking? In other words, expertise is all about, in my mind, is all about uh, logical thinking. It, it's about the ability to look at cause and effect. And that, that's something that people learn, hopefully have learned in school. 
but as they become more enmeshed in the organization, they need to change the way they think. They've got to they've got to be able to go up and look down at the organization. That's more, that more systems thinking. And the strategic thinking I'm beginning to realize is not something that everybody has, that ability to see the bigger picture. So that when we talk about taking risk or risk mitigation and and, and being more innovative, uh, those, I think, are harder. They're more endemic to to what I think is, is in someone's gut. And there, we're trying to educate people on what has to happen. And... Um, so some people have that and I don't and I think some people don't and while they could learn about the business that ability to really operate at a more strategic level I say the the ability to think strategically is to see what can't be seen and then have the fortitude to march in that direction so it's beyond just having a vision of the present it's understanding how to connect the dots to the future do employer uh, it, it's great when I have clients that will embrace that level of discussion and saying who are the next generation of, of very senior leaders because they have the wherewithal and the experience uh, to do that so as people advance in your or in their organizations to the different levels of responsibility that they may have is it incumbent upon those individuals who've advanced for them to ensure that beneath them there is somebody who's being trained to come to that level it, it's it's the, the I say it's shifting the curve to the right the answer is yes you want to move everybody along that and they need to be looking behind them and saying it may not be tomorrow uh, but it's at least it's understanding what's the capability behind me and who that's that's the coaching part that's the development part I know coaching is a very common term now that's being thrown around and I think it really has a very specific meaning it means creating those development opportunities for the folks behind you now is there an ideal time period to look at for succession planning well, I think it depends on the sophistication uh, and the level of the jobs that are involved. Uh, it, it, to me, it's an ongoing process. I, there are many organizations that I work with, uh, large organizations that are kind of headlong into doing uh, yearly assessments and rankings, if you will, about where people are in terms of their uh, performance versus their potential. And if you put them on a three by three grid which many organizations do now you've got nine boxes and say okay who are the who are the folks that really are at a more advanced level and who do we need to be moving forward so those time horizons for moving people up in the organization could be in my experience it could be anywhere from two to five years out it's not an overnight deal so I can't think about uh, necessarily, if you're coming in as a, if it were in finance and accounting as an analyst, that you could be a CFO tomorrow or in, even in 10 years. Uh, it's, it's understanding clearly what those experiences have to be. So the time horizon has to be broader. But as you say this, it just reinforces. There's an element of faith here. There's a leap that you're taking when you say you're going to manage this whole train instead of just the next activity. So the purpose and the intent is, is something that really causes you to think forward. And, oh, oh, here's a shock. 
every business is changing. It's a very dynamic situation. So future success is not necessarily guaranteed on current performance. You have to understand who is able to to deal in that realm well they'll handle more of the uncertainty more of the ambiguity which is more maybe uh, more of a personality trait for some and therefore would qualify them nonetheless I think you would agree we're trying to hone on the development side we're trying to hone instinct and that doesn't happen overnight unfortunately well, and, and, and when you say instinct I the immediate thought that comes to my mind is that you're born with it, but it appears that in the in the business organization, it's you're not talking about instinct as an instinct of fight or flight, where you right. have to run or, or or do whatever to perform that way. It's more of a learned cultural um, situation from each type of business. Yeah, precisely. So the learning is a big piece. It's the insight that you gain that really makes this work. Uh, there's a great uh, uh, story out about a, a tennis pro named Vic Brandon who could 98% of the time predict when somebody would double fault. And you'd say, well, how? they'd ask him, how, how, how can you do that? And he said, I, I can't tell you. So you'd say, well, what do you watch? Do you watch the racket? Do you watch the ball, the, the hips, the knees? All of that. So where does he learn that? How does he learn that? And you'd say, well, it looks like instinct. But it really comes because you, you are able to assess and then to reflect on that and understand what that actually looks like over a broad range of situations. Uh, and uh, I'm sure you've seen this in your business. There's some people that just say, upon an instantaneous look this will work or this won't work and can actually explain why if they're taken through the process so I'm with you I'm not talking about what's necessarily native born I'm talking about what's learned over time and becomes part of its I, I mean I'm not I on their days I think I'm a psychologist I'm really not a trained psychologist but it's somewhere below how you consciously think to the point that you'd say well, wait a minute, I know that because I've seen this before, although I may not identify it. Okay. Well, and um, looking at and not the identification and the whole process there, as, as I look back at that, there's a lot of things to come into, and, and some of the takeaways that I received that I've heard from you, and, and, and you can go back and... and uh, correct me and further edify or teach me um, some of the things are one is that it's a full organizational thing that you have to do when you're doing succession planning you have to look at your entire organization and train from the very beginning the lowliest to the most to the highest in, in the scope and the nature of their positions so that they understand that each one of them is a leader in and of their own right in the organization. Well put. And then that the next thing after that is that they have to look at um, in their future planning, they have to get a big picture of who has those skill sets to move forward. 
Now, I know there's a couple other things in there, and we've only got about a minute and a half, so why don't you tell me, why don't you quick give a quick synopsis of what this is, the, the 101 course of what I need to do or know about succession planning. The key is a systematic approach and mindset of developing talent from the time the person walks in the door to as long as they stay. Longer is better for qualified people. You want to keep your top talent. Retention has everything to do with development. People want to know that there are opportunities for them. The greater somebody's invested, the greater the engagement. It's a win-win. You get something for it, the organization gets something for it. Understanding what skills it takes gives you a roadmap for what people have to develop. It's not just what they do it, over time, it's also how they think. Okay, so tomorrow, what time is your session here at SAGE? My, my uh, presentation tomorrow is at 1.30. I'll be in the uh, Lead Theater Large uh, uh, site, uh, and uh, it'll be a 45-minute presentation. Okay, well, thank you for coming in today. And... For everybody who's listening today, remember, if you want to know anything about the Sage Summit 2015 and all the fantastic things that are happening, look us up on Facebook.com slash Voice America. Informative, educational, insightful. You're listening to VoiceAmerica.com.